Here we are, back in the United States of America, in my hometown, Prior Lake. And with a childhood friend, a good friend of mine, Mr. Jake Ryan. Um, so I was just at Best Buy, and uh, I was trying to get a, a mic for something else. And I got a call, and it sounded like one of those uh, tele people, you know? The, the telemarketer. Yeah, constantly calling you, so I hung up right away. And then the same number called again. So what the hell is this? So then I listened to it, and it said, uh, from Minnesota Corrections, you know, like a, a, pr a prison call. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? And then uh, it says, do you want to receive this call? Press zero. I'm like, okay, I got to see what this is, right? Press zero, and I hear uh, one of my friends' name. And uh, it's a dude that right before I left to go overseas, went to prison mm -hmm. for uh, four years of some, some okay. things that he for sure denies. Some things that I, I believe denied, but I got that call and and cause I, I messaged him right when I got back to the states. Yeah. You know, do letter things. I'm gonna go visit him and everything. And and I got that call. And I'm just like, this whole trip I was taking, I was thinking about about him in the freaking prison cell after one night, after one mistake, and how your your whole life can be flipped and turned around, and 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 how grateful I I am for you know doing what I'm doing. But just life, man. You got to really appreciate it. And I think it goes really well into this segment we're going to be talking about here. This is going to be personal. This is, this is going to be pretty deep. It's, uh, we're talking about drug addiction. So I'm here with Jake, and um, he's recently sober now for, what, five months? Yeah, five months. Five months. But you went through a slippery slope, man. Uh, a, yes. a lot of crap. You uh, lost a lot of relationships. You kind of you were at rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And... Um, we just kind of want to you want to share your story, kind of therapeutic, get it out there, and then maybe some listeners that are having issues with substances and 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 trying to find a light. So, Jake, how you doing, man? It's good to see you, by the way. Yeah, it's great to see you too. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to do this. And you look great. You look freaking great. I said that. <laughs> I mean, look that you got taller. Um, you know, you look you got life again. We were talking before we recorded this about. You know, being sober, like what it feels like, like a kid again. Yeah, man, it feels amazing. Just clear-headed, uh, focused, and just ready to attack life. It's uh, it's a great feeling. So I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, let's uh, let's just dive right into this thing. So this this addiction. What what do you think about drug addiction? Oh man, uh, it can happen to anybody. You know, doing some stuff, and uh, it's it's a very tough situation. It's tough. You can't do it on your own. Uh, you need people there, but yeah, it can really bring your life down. It's uh, it's a tough way. It's tough to do. How did uh, like that slope start for you? How did it start for me? It started back so early in high school. I started smoking weed, and uh, so you know you're smoking weed, and then you get around people that uh, have weed, obviously. But then you know they're always offering something else. I have this too, and one night you're curious, you try it. And uh, you realize you like the feeling. And with addiction, some people don't have that off switch. I clearly did not have that off switch. So I know I wanted that feeling every day instead of just for one night. And so that's kind of how it started. Um, you know, being around just people that, when you're around those type of people that have it, you know, and you don't have the strength to say no, it's going to, it's tough. Yeah, totally. Um, when did you start? When did it start getting bad? You know, like every day, and 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 how did you kind of cope with that? And your, you, what was the reason, kind of why behind you wanted to keep staying high? 
Um, it started getting bad, I would say. You know, I would experiment with stuff sophomore year of college, but I, I still had the off switch at that point. I was able to say, hey, I still had to focus on my studies and whatnot. And then I'd say probably late sophomore year, though, is when it started getting bad, going into junior year. Um, and the reason I just, I thought I had anxiety and this is what, you know, made me feel normal. And so I just went about it as, I, I told myself, I'm just making myself feel normal. And that's kind of how it progressed into get more and more each day. So it's like kind of like an excuse or, you know, self-medicating yeah. type deal? Mm -hmm. Yeah, make an excuse for yourself to, you know, get high. Okay, okay. What, um, for the listeners that kind of might be in a similar situation and, and so forth, um, when you get those feelings and, and that, do you have some kind of suggestions? Should you go out, do a freaking hike? Should you uh, try to find a little different group of friends? Or what do you think could have changed when you started kind of getting, getting bad? Um, yeah, uh, you know, just putting yourself in, the, in a situation where you're not going to be, you know, pressured or asked to do something like that you be around you know a good group of friends go outside you know do, do anything that gets your mind off of the craving of wanting to get high yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. when did it hit, hit uh did you get in trouble with the law yeah i've gotten in trouble with the law recently uh like last, about a year ago today uh you know I've had a lot of really close you know, calls with the law and never actually had gotten in trouble. And so I was just kind of pressing my luck for a while there. And eventually it's going to catch up with you. And so last October, it was, I was driving my car on my way to the gas station and I was going to go hang out with a friend. Uh, you know, obviously it was high, doing a couple different things. And I looked down at my phone for a minute and all of a sudden, I, I had a parked car right there on the road. And uh, I got arrested that night for DWI. I was I was in jail for only until the next morning. So I got out pretty quick. But it was still, that whole experience was, like, was an eye-opener, but not enough at that point to you know, make me quit. Because right when I got home from the jailhouse, I instantly, my first thought was, I need to get high so I don't have to do this. It was more of so not dealing with your issues. So, you know, kind of just putting to the side and just getting high. <laughs> just getting that. But, uh, no, that's why I kind of bring up that story at the beginning. Like, one night, one little thing, you know, it starts changing things. And you were still lucky you only got the, the D-dub. I mean, but, it, I mean, maybe you weren't lucky enough for what, to be a wake-up call because you kept going down the path, weren't you? I mean, you, you said you were taking a multitude of different hard drugs every day. Every day, yep. Uh, wake up, first thing I would do. I would wake up not feeling good. I'd be anxious, you know, kind of sick. And the way to get to feel better and actually go on about my day was to get high. It was, you know, use. And so it was, for me, I, like, needed it to function day in and day out. Because this whole time, you were, you graduated school. And then you had yeah. jobs, too. And yeah. then you were a, a totally functioning uh, drug addict. Yeah, every day in class, I was, you know, using, taking before class, right before I went to class, I would use, get home, use, and then, yeah, uh, every job interview, or most every job interview I went to, besides here recently, I was, you know, under the influence, and, uh, yeah, day in and day out, just doing everyday things, just kind of there, kind of not. 
What uh, what drugs? Uh, so the big one was Xanax, which uh, that was the, the devil. Bad. Yeah, Xanax was the devil. That's a good way to put it. And then it also got into uh, the painkillers, opiates, and that was due to the fact that uh, I had dislocated my shoulder. I think it was thirteen times. Had three different surgeries, and so when I got my first surgery, I went through it. You know, I only, I didn't ask for any refills with it. I was good. So then a year later, uh, I dislocate my shoulder again, and I have to get another surgery. And at this point, I had started dabbling in the painkillers because uh, I had some, you know, they were accessible. And so at one point there, um, I was getting prescribed 80 oxycodones um, per time going in. So I had 80. And then what happened is uh, after the surgery, I had gotten an infection in my uh, scar, so they needed to go in and clean it up, and so I had to get surgery again. And then, so I, after that surgery, they gave me 80 more, so at one time, I was prescribed, I think I had 160, being prescribed 160 of oh. That's a, I mean, obviously, in the news all over now about the, the pain killing business and, and opiates, and what do you what do you think of that? The, is it just, they're throwing that stuff out like candy, or what? And if someone is prescribed that, do you think they should take it or say, give me less dose? Um, I mean, if you're prescribed it, you got you to do what you got to do. I mean, it's, it's best if you could find a, an alternative. But I understand that for some people, you know, it's needed to get to actually, like, be able to go through your day, especially with, like, back issues and stuff like that. Um, there, are, there definitely is some alternatives. But, yeah, it's a, it's a business uh, for the, the pharmaceutical companies. So that's how they make their money prescribing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. And I was just in Denmark, and it's super, like, getting you know, a freaking Tylenol is hard. You know what I mean? They really limit that stuff, and it's the last resort. And, and it's just sad because you hear so many stories about people after surgery. That's when they get addicted, and then it gets cheaper as the heroin, and then it moves in that cycle. Are you surprised you didn't ever get down that road? I mean, how do, the opiate addiction is the, is the hardest thing, isn't it? Yeah, no. So I never, I never got into heroin, but what it was was the – the painkillers that you buy, a lot of them on the streets nowadays, they're they're fresh. They're not they're not real. They're uh, manufactured, and they're not uh, like the oxycodone or oxycontin that you're going to get. It's fentanyl, and so fentanyl obviously, you know, is right on par with heroin. And when I first started going out to buy those, I had no idea. You're I, buying fentanyl, and unknowingly at first, yeah, yeah, I had no idea, and so that was really when it started to get bad. I mean. I would be at my job uh, where I, for my internship. It's a corporate office. I'm not gonna say which yeah, one. It's a big corporate office, um, and I would be, you know, I'd go there on Xanax. I would take my Xanax in the morning, and then I would take uh, the painkiller, you know, whatever it was at the time, and uh, I'd be going to work every day off that, and sometimes doing it after. So it was a, it was a horrible cycle. You don't really know what you're getting out there when you go and buy from these street-level dealers. You never know what it is. Especially that that Peep and what, Mac Miller. I mean, them all, there's so many deaths yeah. in America now. Mm -hmm. You ever feel like you got lucky? I mean, because, like, how uh, bad was it? How bad? Very much You were telling so. me you were on multiple things each day. Yeah, and especially when you're mixing that stuff with Xanax, you know, a lot of downers. Uh, yeah, I, I had uh, a counselor tell me that he's, he was shocked that I wasn't dead at the amount I was doing. And so I do, I, I do feel incredibly lucky. Because uh, I'm surprised, every, you know, waking up each day, when you go to bed like that, 
taking multiple downers, it's tough for your respiratory system to keep going. So yeah, I do feel incredibly lucky to still be here today. And I know another big part about the, the drug things is what it does to your life. I mean, obviously you finished school somehow. Yeah. You still you still held jobs, but but your relationships took a huge hit, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Lost a lot of friends. You know, I was in a relationship with uh, some girl that you know. Eventually ended because I couldn't quit, and you know I'd be in that relationship. I was lying to her every day, you know, saying I was sober, but I was using every day, and so it was tough. You know, you don't like lying to people, but at that point, the drugs are survival. It's your first instinct. It's what you know keeps you going. Because if you're not using at that time, you're sick, you're bedridden. So it becomes your first survival instinct. So you're not even like thinking like, oh my God, I'm going to ruin this relationship or I'm going to make them disappointed or this. Like, it's like, if, if I don't take this thing, you know, I'm going to feel like total shit. Like I got yeah. to survive. And honestly with the Xanax, it's, if you go through withdrawals with that, that that's one of the ones that can kill you because you, you can have seizures and all that stuff. So, um, if I didn't have Xanax for a while, there was at, at the time, there's a really good chance that I would, you know, have a seizure. Um, and that... Obviously, you know, that's a life and death situation. So it was the first violence. When uh, your friends started leaving you, I mean, I don't know your family situation. What, I mean, did that start hitting you? Like, damn. Or did you blame everyone else type deal? I blamed everybody else. Everyone else. I didn't even really realize that they were, you know, leaving. I was so caught up in my day-to-day, -day, you know, crap that I didn't even realize that they were distancing themselves from me. And... At the time, you know, I probably did blame them. And now looking back, I was like, God, I don't blame you guys at all. Like, why would you want to be around them? Yeah, 100%. When did you uh, hit rock bottom? Can you take me, like, through, like, that, that last month and when you hit rock bottom? Oh, man, yeah. Rock, so rock bottom was earlier this year, um, five months ago. Five, yeah, 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 five months. Yeah, it's over, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was taking Molly every day. Xanax every For how day. long? How long? This was a good week, week and a half. Jeez. So leading up to that point, I was still, you know, doing Xanax, and then, uh, you know, painkillers here and there, not too often with those, but a lot of Xanax still, and then a lot of towards the end there, I was doing a lot of cocaine too. What what drew you so much to Xanax? Uh it was the fact that you know I could go through my day to day life just super calm, not caring about anything, because that that's what I wanted my persona to be is oh this kid he doesn't care about anything and I, I thought that was maybe the cool thing at the time and so Xanax allowed me to not really care about anything and uh, just keep me at a like just level not level headed but just you know you know what I'm trying to get at yeah like no problems no yeah stress. no exactly no problems and so that's what really drew that to me drew me to that and so it's also the most addictive drug there is um, you think so? Opiates? Yeah, I would say Xanax is a little bit more. Um, I, I think I, I've read a couple of things, staying with some different, you know, studies and all that stuff. But uh, it's with when you do that with your, you know, you get that feeling of not caring every day. Yeah. It's a very addicting feeling. Yeah, let's. Uh, is that why you, you said it was the devil? Right? Yeah. I said it first, mm -hmm. and then. And because yeah, at first you know, and it just makes you do some absolutely stupid stuff it's because it's, it's almost like you're drunk every day because it kind of gives you that same feel except you're in more control if that makes sense so 
it gave you that feeling every day, and and you just do. You don't even think. You don't remember half the stuff you do, and so that that's a big issue, obviously, in a day-to-day situation. Hundred percent. I got away from that that week or two weeks going into to rock bottom, which is six months ago, five months ago. Which, by the way, I want to say I, I give you a lot of credit for um, you know saying this stuff and respect for saying it. And uh, I mean, I also think it's therapeutic too to kind of get get it out there and. And then also now you're going to get held to it. Yeah. You're going to go talk about it. Getting... Yeah. If I, if I went back now, it'd look like the biggest hypocrite <laughs> there is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that last few weeks, I was doing Xanax every day, Molly every day, Coke every day. And then also, um, pretty sure I was drinking too here and there. And so, you know, your brain chemistry, you can't handle that. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. You're doing the stupidest stuff. You, you don't, you know, fully analyze the situation before reacting. So in every situation, you're just reacting. And it's your first instinct. Whatever yeah. you see, it's a reaction. And so when you do that, when you're just reacting, you get yourself in some trouble. And so that's kind of what I was doing, just reacting to things, arguments here and there. And it was just, it was chaotic. It was, life was chaos. Chaos. So when when did you hit the bottom? Uh, so the bottom would have been waking up, you know, from a, week-long binge of Coke, Molly, Xanax, and just feeling like absolute crap. You know, nobody there. Slept for like three days? Yeah, so I, cause I had, so that week, week and a half, I probably slept. There was, I'd say, three days in a row, and then I'd sleep for two hours. Because you think that maybe the Molly was... Yeah, it probably wasn't Molly. I mean, once again, you're going, you're buying from street-level dealers. It, it's probably maybe meth or something like that I don't you don't know what it is and so I wasn't sleeping um, and so I'm just delirious also depressed because you know look at my life around me it's chaotic nobody there I just felt alone and um, so it was a very very low point and I was just like look how far I've fallen because you know um, I was very happy growing up through high school and even through college I mean I had I had a lot of fun. I had some, I had good friends, and at this point, that I was arguing with everybody. There was no relationship in my life at that point that I could say this is going well. And so I realized that I was like, either you're gonna completely go down this path, or you gotta turn it around. There's no in between now. Because I was always thinking I could balance, you know, doing drugs and also hanging out with the, my older friends that didn't weren't into that stuff. And the drugs completely overtakes and you, you, there is no balance at that point. What uh, do you like? Remember, were you sitting down or like what were you doing when this this epiphany or? Um, so you know, I just gotten into a large argument with one of my friends. I was depressed, and then I was I had to go to work that day, and I was hadn't slept for three days. Um, and on my way home from work, I called one of my really good friends, and uh, I just talked to him, and he he gave me some great advice, just great life advice. And I realized that he was still in my corner, as well as one of our other friends there. I, so I still had people in my corner, and they were two of the ones that I wouldn't want to lose. And so the epiphany was, is either you're going to lose two of your best friends you've had since one of them since I was no lie, uh, in the baby, baby room at daycare and the other one, my neighbor growing up. And so if I were to lose those two, then I would really have nobody. And so it was kind of like, do I want to lose them 
continue hanging around the people that are, you know, draining of your energy, just not very um, good people? Or do I want to get sober, you know, turn this around? Because I knew I had it in me. And so I knew it was going to be a process, and that was always the thing. So what, you think you did? You knew you had it in you? Yeah, I think it was in there. Because, um, you know, before I was able, growing up, I was, you know, I obviously smoked weed, but I was able to, you know, do stuff here and there. And I was able to quit. And I got to the point where I wasn't able to quit. So I knew I still had it in me. And so I knew that it, this was the make or break moment. Either you fix yourself or this is your life. And I couldn't I couldn't have that be my life. That's so let's talk about happy stuff now. So after that epiphany, then what the hell did you start doing to, to get to where the hell you're at right now? Uh, so after that, I started... Um, I know I had talked to you. We had a couple good conversations. We talked about affirmations. And so I know I had seen them before and I knew what they were, but I'd never actually taken the time to do them. And so I finally was like, they can't hurt. Uh, so I started doing affirmations every day, started eating better, cut out pop, just stuff like that, working out, being active. And uh, it was a slow process at first. And that's the thing. I had to be patient. Um, you didn't think about using? No, it was weird. All of a sudden, I just did not want to do that. Because I knew that um, if I started again, I wasn't going to stop. So I knew that I had to stop. Part of me, obviously, you still want to use it at the time. You're still thinking about it. But I, don't, I just don't think I actually had the energy at that point to go out and find the drugs. I just did not have it in me. I was so just like beat up and just down, but I didn't have the energy to go out and do that sort of stuff. And so that's a blessing in disguise. Um, and so that was uh, a big thing, but starting affirmations, being, having some activity, you know, just going outside, got a pool in the backyard, getting in that, being around my dogs, just little stuff like that, hanging out with my family. Cause I, the relationship got a little strained there for a while. Got a little strained there. So just being around people that want the best for you and that aren't, you know, so focused on, I want to say themselves, you know, people that care about you. So that was a good thing to put myself in the correct situation. Did, um, did you like feel it, uh, getting better? Like you like rewards, like, Oh my God, like I enjoy this skin. Cause we talked about that. You like had to feel high to feel like anything, right? To feel good. Yeah. So it was after a few weeks of being sober. That I started waking up and feeling, you know, good again. I wouldn't feel sick because I would always be waking up feeling sick in the past. So waking up and just feeling good and feeling happy was a whole new feeling to me. It felt like, yeah, like a little kid again Kidding waking up with something on Christmas morning. <laughs> and so then just the little stuff, day to day stuff. I went mini golfing a lot. That I had a blast doing that, um, playing basketball, even just swimming, and then you know, just doing little things. You know, even making a meal for. Simple stuff like that. And so putting yourself in a situation to do that, it's huge. 100%. So like you said, like during this whole time, you're like, yeah, you had cravings, but you're like, if I go back, I'm done. So like it was kind of like you said the, the, the switch flipped. Yeah. And it also, I mean, it did help that I was on probation. So if I, if I did go get in trouble, I would go to jail. And that was something that I couldn't get myself <laughs> it's a good to good motivation. Do. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, I was telling, because I see a, a therapist now, I was telling her, thank God for probation, because that was a blessing in disguise. 
not being able to go and do that stuff. Or, I mean, I, I still could have, obviously, and tried to game the system. But once again, I didn't didn't have that the energy. energy. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was... Thank God for probation. The system is actually yeah, working. The system helped in that situation. Okay. Um, when, the, when was, like, there a point where you're like, oh, my God, like, I want to... I, life's good. Like I want to do this. I want to keep doing this. Yeah. So it was momentum building and yeah, good things happening. It was the momentum building, and then just seeing the day to day progression in myself. Um, you know, losing weight. Uh, you know, clearing up my face because my face would get really, you know, acne. Yeah, you look good. You look yeah. really good. So seeing that little progression, and then seeing the progression in like my social, like hanging out with some friends that I haven't seen in a while. And then the progression and just feeling better every day. So I got almost addicted to the progression and seeing yeah. myself grow. And that has a lot to do with momentum, too. When momentum is on your side, you can go a lot farther. Yeah, I like that. Addicted to the, you're seeing the results and that's, that's cool. Um, what, what would be, you know, learning from this, the best advice for one, for people that are battling addiction right now? And then two, after this, I want to say about, your whole journey, if you would recommend, you know, I mean, I've, you know, smoked some pot or get drunk at college, but what, what do you recommend? What, if you could have went back and changed something, would you have? That's a good question. Um, if I, I'm not going to lie. I, I did have a lot of fun doing the different stuff, but it wasn't worth it. It was, it wasn't worth the losing of the relationships, the, you know, going the depressing feelings, the loneliness, um, and just feeling overall bad about yourself. It wasn't worth that. So if I could go back, um, I definitely would. And I just, just wouldn't have, if I could have like hit myself in the face and knocked the Xanax out of my hand. The that, was I that was it. That was The Xanax were the thing that you wish you could take back. Yeah. Cause the Xanax is, it lowers your inhibitions a ton. And so then you're more likely to, you know, do a line of coke at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, you know, being sober, you, why would you do that? You, you have no reason to, but you're not thinking straight. You're, you're impulsive. And that was the biggest thing. I couldn't control my impulses. And so, yeah, if I could go back, it would be, uh, just the ne never start Xanax. I feel like that was the beginning of the eventual downfall. Okay. Xanax. Um, and then for, for people that are starting to, to be addicts, and uh, are, are starting to get that feel. They're starting to take a lot of drugs. It's the weekend now. It's a couple of days a week. Yeah. And we kind of talk about, you, you gave some tips at the beginning, but really what would you suggest when you're in that cycle? How do you become aware that, whole oh, this, is, this isn't going right? Um, take a step back and just look at, analyze your relationships, analyze where you're at. And if you think that you're good at hiding it, you're not. Because... I thought I was great at hiding, but people obviously know. So you think you're acting normal, you're not. So I would say just analyze yourself, your relationships, and the situations you're putting yourself in. And also look at who's around you, because that's a, that's a very big thing. I did meet some really good people, and I also met some more, I met more bad people, a lot more, you know, just not very good people. And so I, what I did is I took a step back I obviously analyzed my relationships. I looked at who I was surrounding myself with. And then I just analyzed how I was feeling on a day-to-day -day basis. And once you do that, it really does open your eyes to 
you know, the reality of the situation. Totally. Because you said um, when you're in that cycle, you you thought you were good at hiding it. You thought that your relationships were fine, mm-hmm. but like you're you're just blind. The drugs made you just totally blind. Yeah, you're you're not as observant. You're you're in that uh, like reacting. You're, yeah, thing. you're reacting. You're in a drug-induced mindset. You're not you're not sober. And so obviously, if you've been drunk before, you would know when you analyze the situation drunk, and then you look back at it the next morning when you're sober, you're kind of like, hey, maybe that was a jackass. So it was just analyzing that and. Just open your eyes and just really take a look at where your life is at. Do you um, do you think if you were listening to this podcast when you were, say, six months ago, and you heard you talking, <laughs> do you think you would have just brushed it off? Or how can you get into those kind of people's heads? I mean, like, if, when you were in that question. cycle. Um, yeah, I probably would have brushed it off. Because you always think, it's not me. That's not me. And it's, it's always, sure, you might be like that, but that's not me. Um, so for those people... Uh, it would have to be, you know, the, the the rock bottom. Yeah, that you have to. Yeah, you, some people have to hit rock bottom. I personally, I probably had to hit rock bottom because I thought I had multiple rock bottoms. You know, getting arrested. There are some other things in school, um, and so I mean, I went to treatment for a while last summer. You think that would be rock bottom? Um, but no. So you actually have to hit rock bottom and feel that for some people, but. If what I said earlier, if you actually, you know, take a step back and actually just look at yourself and for one second think, hey, maybe this could be me, that would help a lot. And so I might have brushed it off, but also I probably would have listened to a lot of it because I would have realized that what I was surrounding myself with, how I was feeling every day, and obviously what you're doing every day. So if that's you, then yeah, I'm probably near rock bottom. You sound you sound good, man. I'm really I'm really happy. I'm really proud of you, and it takes a lot to do this. I mean, this ain't oh, easy yeah. to do. No, thanks for having me. It feels good. Um, and I just want to be able to help people because it, it can happen to anybody. I mean, it's no one certain person that it happens to. You see all walks of life that go through this, and so I just want to try to help people out. Yeah, well, I definitely I appreciate that. I would love to if anyone in the community who listens to this or. If they're feeling some sort of way or need someone to talk to, we're going to find a discreet way that they can get in contact with you. Yeah. So I don't want to see names. I want to get it right to you. So it's just yeah, you one-on-one. Yeah, you comfortable coming to me. I'm not going to hear your problems out already. Yeah. What up? So now you're being sober. You're five months. You're you're, you're, you're working. Um, you're doing good. What's the future kind of holding now that, I mean, you're, you're back. You're clear-headed. Yeah. You feel um, like the, the world's in your palms? Uh, for the first time, I'm really excited about the future. I always thought the future was super bleak, didn't believe in myself, but now I, I have the world at my fingertips. Um, so the future, I think it holds a lot of really, really exciting stuff. Um, so I'm just excited to see and I'm, the opportunities that present themselves now. I'm much more aware, aware, so I take advantage of them. So yeah, super excited to keep going here and building off the momentum and see how much I've progressed in six months. I can't wait to look back at this and see how much I've grown. I think uh, you made a good point when you were getting out of the, the slump, like getting addicted to the results. And maybe you changed, and hopefully you changed your addiction to drugs to addiction to, to self-improvement. Or, yeah, you know I mean? No. <laughs> like it's, it's addicting, right? It, it really is. It, even after the first few weeks, I could see a change. So you, see, you start seeing changes fast. So um, you just got to you know get through those first few weeks of, getting yourself back on your feet and then you really do become addicted to that feel of 
seen yourself grow. And um, make a point. So you uh, you wrote the affirmations thing. I, I posted on the Facebook, not the Insta, because it, it was a big thing. Yeah. I had you write that. I didn't put your name on there, mm -hmm. but you talked about it. Hey, did you post it? And so you did write that affirmations piece. It was a long part. It was really personal. Mm -hmm. And and you're saying that really played an effect, huh? The, the uh, mindset? I think affirmations are the biggest thing. The best way you can start. Because right now, you kind of have yourself brainwashed in this almost victim mentality. So you got to change that. And the only way to do that is by changing the way your thought patterns are, the way you think. And affirmations do that. You know, just write down 15 times a day, I am happy. So stuff like that. To really kind of start changing the brain patterns and all that stuff. So yeah, affirmations I think were the biggest help. When you started those... Like, did you, like, not really believe it, but you kept, like, doing it, like, I am happy, uh, like... Yeah, definitely. I thought it was all just a bunch of BS at first, and I was just, right, I was going through the motion at first, and so, I just kept going through the motions, and eventually, I just, I am happy, I am happy, and then, so you really do start to believe it. That's powerful. That's, that's good, man. Um, is there any kind of last words, maybe, like, a quote, or the lessons through the struggle that you've had that, that you want to share? Um, yeah, so I would say if you are at rock bottom, you know, it does, it does get a whole lot better once you start taking action and believing in yourself. The biggest thing is just to start taking action. If, even if it's cutting down by a little bit each day to eventually where you're not doing it anymore, just take a little bit of action each day and, uh, it does, the world is a happy place. It is a good place to be. It doesn't need to be this negative, depressive environment. You are, life is what you make it, so eventually just, you know, make it make it good for yourself. That's great, man. Seriously, I'm really happy for you. I'm proud of you, and just keep it rolling, man. That momentum is awesome. And I appreciate you sharing this, because it's going to hit somebody, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And maybe you catch them before they have to hit that rock bottom. And it, it, yeah, that's my biggest hope with this. And I, I really do appreciate you having me on. It's a great platform for this, so I really do appreciate that. No problem, Jake. Hey, appreciate it, man, and let's... uh. Let's go grab a, a coffee or something, my man. <laughs> <laughs>